Leonardo da Vinci is undoubtedly one of the greatest geniuses ever to have lived. And this has led many people in the UFO community to speculate about where this amazing intellect came from and if he could have otherworldly connections. Some people even claim to have found messages and clues from da Vinci pointing to an extraterrestrial involvement hidden in his work including one of his greatest achievements, the Mona Lisa portrait. Join myself and Neil here on Aliens Explored as we discuss this controversial mystery that could be worthy of a Dan Brown novel in itself. And today's episode is sponsored by our Patreons and in particular our Explorer of the Week, Toby Foams. Now, Toby has wonderfully supported us for a long time now, and uh, we very, very much appreciate it. So thank you, Tony, and thank you to all our Patreon patrons. Now, if you too want to help support us in making this and future episodes, then go over to patreon.com forward slash aliens explored and pick a tier that suits you. We've got all sorts of wonderful rewards and awards available for people at different levels. So you too could be Explorer of the Week, just like Toby. Aliens Explored is a weekly podcast exploring famous and obscure cases of UFO sightings, alien abductions and other strange events from both a believing and a sceptical perspective whilst keeping an open mind. I'm Stu Jackson, a professional actor and amateur ufologist with a particular interest in the crop circle phenomenon. I'll be debating that otherworldly visitations are real. The truth is out there. And I'm Neil Kelly. I'm a professional actor as well and used to work for the military as an intelligence analyst. I'll be arguing from a more doubtful point of view. I mean, it's all a bit far-fetched, isn't it? Hello listeners and welcome back to Aliens Explored, your weekly podcast looking at the mysterious skies, the mysterious bottoms of the oceans, uh, the mysterious smoke-filled back rooms where all sorts of uh, plots are hatched, um, and of course occasionally delving back into the ancient past. I'm one of your hosts, my name is Neil Kelly. And I'm your other host, Stu Jackson. Um, how are you doing, Neil? I'm doing great. How are you? I'm good. I'm good, thank you. Yes. Um, good. I'm still. I'm coming to the end of my corporate career with Monopoly Life Size and uh, getting ready to re- to do a musical. Yes. Um, for yes. a few oh, uh, four shows. But well, promote your. Mu- uh, let's see. When does this episode go out? This this episode goes out to the public. Uh, some mm. of our patrons get a. a week early of course um but publicly 23rd of june 23rd of june okay that's that's the day i finished at monopoly life size okay so promote your 
promotes your musical then tell right. people what they um, want to see I'm appearing in a musical at uh, at the Cockpit Theatre on the 8th and 9th of July it's called A Soldier's Woman and uh, it promises to be a thoroughly entertaining show you can just google A Soldier's Woman and it'll bring up the, the Cockpit Theatre website which is a bit of a peg to navigate and and <laughs> difficult to buy things <laughs> on but if you persevere you'll be able to come and see me uh, performing in a musical. Um, so, just to be clear for our listeners, that's the Cockpit Theatre in London. Yes, Eight Fourth Street, <laughs> London, England. Yes, <laughs> because do you know what? On social media, so I'll, I'll say first mm. of all, um, you know, obviously break a leg on that. Thank you. Um, I'm, I'm certainly hoping to come and see that. Now, don't think I've ever heard you sing. No, even an opera I didn't sing. No, no, absolutely. Yeah. Um, so that will be an interesting experience. Um, looking Good, forward I, I hope to seeing it. Thank Definitely you. And, and how are things? How are things with you? Oh yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm, yeah, uh, yeah. I'm doing okay. Thanks. <laughs> Good, um, good. I haven't really got anything new to tell hmm. you and the listeners. Uh, no, <laughs> no, that's about it. Life, um, go, life goes on. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I'm doing bits and pieces of work, but it's um, it's not sort of public work. It's it's sort of. I do murder mysteries uh, for like oh, hen right. parties and things like that uh, quite often. Oh, nice. Uh, as well as other other kinds of work, but um, yeah, no, nothing public coming. I mean, I've got, I'm in a feature film that's coming out. Uh, I've just discovered um, in about a year's time, and we filmed mm. it about a year ago, so that was like taking forever. Um, and there's a series, TV series coming out this year. Uh, British TV series this is uh, called The Burning Girls based on a book um, mm. and, and all I know is it's coming out sometime this year um, don't know when so you've got it all going on really but this is all stuff that I filmed like last year mm. so <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah. Uh, but, but current currently not much going on Any uh, any artworks in progress well, do you know what? I love visiting art galleries, and I love the segue that you've done there. <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, because, yes, we are, of course, talking about... It's got to be, like, if not one of, like, the most famous work of art in the world, the Mona Lisa. The sure. Mona Lisa by Leonardo da Vinci. Um, I'm sure, yeah, even if you're not an art lover... That, that's that's the one piece of art that most people would be able to to name. Yes. Um, have you ever have, have you ever seen it? Not the real thing, no. Um, although I've been to France a couple of times, I've never visited the Louvre. Right, I've, I've visited so. the Louvre. Yeah, it's about like being in a, a Dan Brown novel. Um, <laughs> but yeah, the thing that struck me about the Mona Lisa is that it's actually smaller than you expect. Is it twenty by thirty centimeters? Is that about? I think it's inches. Um, is it? No, it can't it be inches? inches. It's not. It's it's smaller than you expect. 
and yeah. um, of course there'll be a big crowd in front of it most of the time so it takes a while to yes. to get to it yes. um, you do as you know as an, a deeply ignorant man as I am you do wonder what all the fuss is about it's a portrait of a woman um, it was well, a merchant's can... wife wasn't it he, he painted it on commission but then couldn't bear to part with the painting apparently yes that there is an interesting history so as a as a work of now i'm not an art expert by any hmm. stretch of the imagination um but i do like works of art and and there is some interesting elements aside from the one that we're going to talk about here today um to this particular piece so he went against the styles of the time like female portraiture was was quite a common thing um and Hmm. yeah it was uh i mean they're not a hundred percent certain who the model was but they believe it was lisa del giocondo yeah um the the kind of the experts in this that's that's the best theory uh as it were um Hmm. But her style, or the, or the style of her presentation, her pose, are really unusual. In that, so society women at the time hmm. would have their portrait, and they'd be shown as being very affluent by being shown in really glamorous clothing or surrounded by trappings of wealth. That was kind of the big thing. Well, well, people would always appear in their finery. So when I did um, heritage work at the Royal Palaces, one of the problems we came up against was that um, we actually don't know what these people's everyday dress was because all we've got to go on is the portraits in which they're in all their finery and all the best. And we can be pretty sure they didn't wear that stuff all the time. But of course, we had to walk around the palaces wearing something approximate. We had to pretty much look like the guy in the painting. Yes, yes, exactly. And when you see like historical dramas on TV, I mean, Bridgerton mm. kind of comes straight to mind there. You see people in these amazing, like, incredibly convoluted outfits. Mm. As you rightly say, they wouldn't have been wearing those on a day to day basis, but that's how the TV shows present them. Because yeah, because that's people's expectations, and and part of the reason is because they they don't know otherwise what 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 these people were wearing. There's also um, a reason why in that it, well when posing for a portrait, people didn't smile in portraits. And when was the Mona Lisa painted? Was it in the? It was in the early 1500s. In the 1500s, well, even in the 1700s, 1800s, 1900s, um, people talk about the Mona Lisas enigmatic smile well Mm. people didn't smile in portraits for the simple reason they would have had to hold it for hours on end and they would have ended up with a this weird looking rictus grin so i guess her her smile is it's a sort of smile but it's the kind of smile you can kind of hold you can't really hold a toothy grin for hours on end Well, it certainly, like I say, went very much against the style at the time. So, I mean, we're saying, mm. like, we don't know what, what these people would have worn on a day-to-day basis. I think the Mona Lisa is actually probably a good example because it's nothing flamboyant. It's nothing, mm. you know, it's, it's it, it seems to me to be clear, you know, she, she's mm. wearing clothes that aren't, it's not peasant clothing, but it is... No subdued it's understated she's not being seen with loads of um 
you know, it, it's a very sort of plain, natural picture, and and that was incredibly unusual at the time. Also, the fact that she's looking directly at the viewer. Mm. Now that was a thing. You get that in in male portraits of the time, um, mm. but not in female. Women would look away. They'd look more demure. Um, it, it was a whole subservient thing, which obviously you know we, uh, as a as a more progressive society, like is pretty well, abhorrent to us now. Look, looking someone time, in the eye is is confrontational, isn't it? It's um, it's well, it uh, was, declaring yourself <laughs> equal. You do not look the king in the eye. You know. You, Exactly. <laughs> no, it's he's the, not used to it. It's, it's never that level of equality, um, precisely. Mm. So, th this whole painting, this stands out at the time, really incredibly dramatically. Um, very, very but, unusual painting. But I, I fear we might be trying the patience of our listeners a bit because let's talk about why we really want to talk about the Mona Lisa. Um, and the, the the question that we, we with the title of this episode will be: um, Did Da Vinci hide an image of an alien in the Mona Lisa? <laughs> well, I, do you know what I mean? I think it's it's important to establish how unique and different this painting is for its time. Hmm. Um, I mean it. <laughs> You say about like people holding their faces and like and holding yeah. expressions for a long period of time. Do you know how long it took him to paint the Mona Lisa? No, sixteen years. That's a long time to hold a smile, isn't it? It is. Now, of course, he would have <laughs> taken initial sketches and worked from them. But sixteen years he worked on this. It, it was mm. clearly an incredibly important piece to him. Yeah, I'm. I'm guessing, I mean, what I know about painting, if you, if you spend that long on a painting, it's because you keep changing your mind about it and painting over something you've done before. Or maybe um, starting from scratch on a different canvas. I mean, so when we're talking about the hidden images, mm -hmm. there's two aspects to this, aren't there? There's the, the images that might have been underneath that, that he painted over. That possibly reveals something. Um, There's I, I believe, the, yes, X-ray uh, image or X-raying the piece does reveal. Yes, that it's that there are things underneath. Well, when when they 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 digitised it, didn't they? And they found something what they call a um, a, a Spolvero underdrawing. Ah. So. Spolvero was a was a style at the time. Mm. Um, it was used mainly in backgrounds. So basically, what the artist would do is they would they would paint in the the background, mm. and then paint over it, but only lightly to give the slight hint of the background, as if from a distance and and mm. out of focus, to give the. Uh, oh God! I really do sound like an art, <laughs> like I'm on an art show now. Um, but it it would give the the illusion, the impression of a further background at a distance because it's really difficult. You know, if you draw a house on a piece of paper, hmm. you, you've drawn the house and it stands out. And but to give the impression that it's way off in the distance, other than drawing it small. But it's still mm. kind of it's sharp, so so it's a way they would they would do that. They would create it small, 
um, mm. but then they would like dapple over it. Um, so that's Spolvero. That that's a particular technique, okay. art technique. Okay. Um, so um, I thought perhaps that's what they thought that underneath they were seeing something that might be a bit a bit strange, a bit alien. Ah. But I think what we're really talking about is is Da Vinci's interest in the use of mirrors. He was very keen on mirror writing, wasn't he? He produced this writing yes. backwards. And if you hold a mirror, if you if you put a, a mirror, say in the centre of the painting, so you've got a, um, you, you've got a you're not actually looking at the image, you're looking at the half the image and its mirror image, and then gradually move the mirror across so that it compresses it and compresses it. A bit like one of those, um, do you ever read Mad Magazine? One of those Al Jaffee fold-ins where you'd, you'd fold in the back yes. page and create a different picture. You get some of that, and you get something that looks like what we, what we would identify as... Um, in fact, various kinds of E.T., not, not just in the Mona Lisa, but in other paintings of his as well. There are, um, and and the positioning of this is is quite important. So you're absolutely right about the the mirror aspect and his reverse writing, which mm. he's famous for. Um, but reflected imagery um, is a thing that that Da Vinci was particularly fascinated by. Mm. He's also, and and this sounds like I'm going off on a tangent, but I'm really not. But he also had an absolute fascination and obsession with hands, mm. the human hand. So, I mean, there, there are many, many examples of, you know, him showing dissections of hands and, and things like mm. that. But he also used hands really critically in his portraiture to draw attention, to draw the viewer's attention. So you're absolutely mm. right. If you were to place a mirror, basically... Alongside where the Mona Lisa's hand is, mm. and where it, her hand is is almost pointing, the way she's yeah. positioned, and it's it's a really dramatic pose um, in, mm. in that sense. Um, then yes, you get you get basically the image of a looks like a grey alien mm. um, wearing a helmet. Yeah, but. Um, um, that is that because our images of aliens are actually basically a human face that's been kind of squeezed into a that sort of well, egg this shape. Is, this is not in the uh, the Mona Lisa's face. It's not utilizing the Mona Lisa's face itself. Um, it's more utilize kind of folds in her clothing and and the mm. play of shadow. Uh, so there's that but you also picked up on on something else um really quite interesting is that it's not just the mona lisa so uh his other words it's there if you do it in um the the last supper you Mm. get the same effect there and the virgin of the rocks uh, another, uh, this I suppose this painting is much less famous uh, in in the public, but uh, it's again another painting. You've again got this really dramatic hand gesture, and if you put the mirror just at the right point there, you get, and it's much much clearer with the Virgin of the Rocks. Absolutely, it's a grey alien with those large oval. Ooh almond shaped eyes and the the sort of inverted pear shaped head um absolutely it's it's quite 
a clear image uh, if you do put that mirror there as you rightly say yeah but um, i guess what you have to wonder is was it really deliberate or is that just uh i mean it is a coincidence that it's a it seems to be a recurring theme amongst his paintings and um, one of the things i mean talking about mirrors um, one of the things that supposedly defines beauty in our Western culture is uh, symmetry of your face. Mm. And most of us might think that our faces are fairly symmetrical. But if you take a picture of yourself and hold a mirror yeah, vertically on the middle and then look at look at what's there. So what you're looking at is the left side, say the left side of your face and its mirror image next mm-hmm. to it. And then repeat the same on the other side. So you're looking at the right side of your face and its mirror image. You actually see two different faces. Mm. I mean, yes. close. I mean, you could be you could be brothers, but <laughs> or sisters, but it's not the same face for most yeah. people. It's quite rare for. So I can see he's interesting. I mean, does the mirror Mona Lisa match up? I mean, well, her I'd face is not straight on, so you wouldn't yeah. be able to do that with her face. Hmm. Um, that's or not yes, quite that. as readily, but. Um, and, and this, this thing about hands, do you remember there was a por- someone did a portrait of the Queen and it was widely criticised because she had these big sort of banana p- hands like bunches of bananas or, <laughs> or sausages. And it was widely criticised, but of course, um, and I think, but I think she kept her hands hidden. I think it was more truthful than people realised because certainly when, um, when we had the coronation of the King earlier this year, um, yeah, he, he was being referred to by Republicans as old sausage fingers. And you, you look at his hands, they really are these these fat, swollen... They're not pretty hands, they're not elegant. Mm. So, you know... wonder if that's a sign of inbreeding. I wonder. I wonder. <laughs> I think our views are well known to the, to the uh, listeners uh, yes. about, uh, about the royals. Um Okay, so um, you you asked the question: Could this just have been coincidence? Hmm. Da Vinci. I mean, it's, it, this is widely known. It's not. It's not news. He was hmm. an absolute genius. Um, hmm. You know, not only with all the things that he invented, but artistically, he was a genius. He's, he's one of the few people to ever be able to draw a perfect circle freehand Um, because there's that that tale isn't there where he's introduced to some foreign dignitary or something I I forget the exact Mm. details and uh, and, you know oh yes he's he's this amazing artist as well you're an amazing artist like prove it so he just drew Mm. a circle on a piece of paper and it was a perfect circle and I mean that and, you and know. A, a lot of a lot of his technical designs. I mean, obviously, centuries ahead of their time, he he drew something that looked like a. I suppose it was depicted it was supposed to be a parachute, but it was more like a mm-hmm. a sort of solid hollow pyramid. And someone decided yes. to test it, um, and went up in a balloon, dangling underneath this thing. Obviously, they had their own backup shoot, mm-hmm. but uh, they, they they released this thing, and it worked. It mm. worked. He came, he came down gently as a parachute, not not a sort of soft parachute as we know it, but this this solid object that was just like a a hollow pyramid, with a with a, obviously no bottom to it, and yeah. it worked. Yeah, 
absolutely um they've done similar with uh his gliders that he's mm. um that he um designed and yeah absolutely but also you know he put so much care and attention and detail into his his works of art nothing is there by accident nothing is there by accident everything had some significance some meaning that you know like i say you know you take the gestures of the hand they, they it's mm. it's really quite a dominant part of the uh, of the painting and having spent 16 years on it it's hard to imagine that something especially something that is repeated is there as a matter of accident um no but when you think you know we have ways of looking at at paintings now that that even someone like da vinci wouldn't have thought of ways of of you know looking not just at what's on the surface but what's painted all underneath it and seeing all sorts of images that come out he wouldn't have been able to if he'd painted over things he wouldn't have been able to see how what he's painted over um interacts with the thing that he's painted it over with um, no that's, that's very true um and it was very common at the time um to have different paintings underneath uh because the cost of canvas was so high if someone did hmm. a paint you know needed a painting for a commission they would actually rather than use a fresh piece of canvas they'd just like they'd, they'd basically whitewash the canvas hmm. Uh, and so, then start again. So it's, yeah, it, it really is very common with older works of art from that period to find other pictures underneath. But that's not the case with the Mona Lisa. He did start with a fresh piece of canvas, and um, and it was yeah. It, it, it's not it's not that he started it, made mistakes, whitewashed it over, started again. Um, that didn't happen. He was just... He's just spent so long on the absolute detail. The the only one that I know of that, that took... I'm sure there are plenty that took longer, mm. um, but it puts me in mind of The Fairy Feather's Master Stroke by Hieronymus Bosch. Um, are you familiar with that one? Um, I'm familiar with Bosch and his okay. hellish kind of depictions but well he, but he only did said. the one the one piece um no, he did loads didn't he did okay, the, um, am the am hay, thinking about the right the hay wane and the, not the hay wane there but all sorts of you know fishes with fish with legs and birds uh, with gills and all sorts of uh, sorry i'm i'm giving you the wrong artist <laughs> yeah. the wrong artist uh it was by richard dad Okay, he did that um, one painting. He did the one painting. Um, it took him. Uh, it actually took him nine years. Um, so it actually didn't take him as long, but incredibly detailed. The fairy feller's master stroke. He wrote it uh, whilst in a, an insane asylum, um, mm. which you know after he murdered his father. But he paints all these weird creatures, these these strange, mm. fantastical creatures, and claimed absolutely, vehemently that they were real, that he'd seen them. Mm. Uh, and uh, yeah, maybe that's a topic for another, <laughs> for another episode. Maybe yeah, the, Although, yeah, uh, yeah. We'll think about that one. Um, but here's the thing. Now I'm going to do 
a complete and utter turnaround on this um, on the topic of the Mona Lisa though um, yeah. before I do um, do you know how much it's worth um, I'm sure it's a value that changes over time according to whatever someone's prepared well, to pay for in- a million <laughs> yeah I don't know 100 million or something uh, at last although the last estimate was done some years ago um, where it was about 100 million but by today's money it's been estimated it's about 870 million <laughs> for a small bit of canvas with a bit of pigment on yeah, uh, so I just have this image of this merchant constantly pursuing Leonardo. <laughs> so, <laughs> yeah, when am I going to get this? When am I going to get this portrait of my wife that I've paid for? <laughs> Until eventually, um, eventually says, "says um, you're not getting it. I'm buggering off to France." Yeah, that's that's about it. <laughs> <laughs> Taking it with me. Well, and, and of course, it nobody. It it wasn't famous at all. Uh, in the in the public sight, it was only when it was stolen in 1911 that uh, that it actually gained any public notoriety. Right, but I, I seem to remember that um, it was it was during the 1980s when when artworks started attracting these astronomical prices. Mm-hmm. And one story I heard about it was that um, in Japan. They they made laws about how much corporations were allowed to uh, give each other um, in terms of I suppose bribes or whatever. Um, limited bonuses. Limited, yeah, <laughs> there might have been bonuses. It might, it, but it, I think it was more to do with um, sweeteners between corporations. Right. Um, and the way they would get around it would be to say, well, here's a painting. Um, it's officially valued at whatever, but let's say it's valued at twenty million dollars. <laughs> you know, and you can you can take that as twenty million dollars. And um, as long as everyone agrees that it's worth twenty million dollars, then it's worth twenty million dollars. That's all it takes for a painting, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. Well, it's something's only ever worth what somebody else is willing to pay for it. That's yeah, but I think it was only really then people were started to become. I know it was the start of neoliberal capitalism and values changed and. This, uh, yeah, they know the price of everything and the value of nothing. That, that yes, kind of, <laughs> you know. Um, but yeah, I think it was then that um, that's when. I mean, I dare say, Mona Lisa was always a a treasure. Well, didn't, yeah, it, and it would be utterly irreplaceable, of course. It didn't get didn't looted it? by the Nazis, did it? I mean, they they liked that kind of. Art. I honestly don't know. Um, I don't know on that one. Hmm. I know that yeah, that was a big, uh, a big thing because it was easier to carry out paintings than it was, you know, gold bullion. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. That's it. So yes, like I say, I'm going to do this turner, even though this alien image does appear in multiple paintings. I think personally, there's two things going on here. Mm-hmm. Well, kind of two, two. I say two things. It's the same thing, um, really, but but from two angles. Um, by putting a mirror in a random place, for one thing, it's going to be like a, a Rorschach test, you mm. know, where people see 
images, you know, you, you, mm. that's a Rorschach test for, for our listeners um, who don't know. That's uh, an ink blot test, it's commonly called, where some psychotherapists or psychiatrists will use this where they'll 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 you you get blots of ink on a paper and you fold the paper over in the middle and open it up again and you've got this yeah reflected image and then they'll say what do you see in there well i see um my dad being murdered i mean mm. that, you know that's a kind of gives you an insight into what's in the patient's mind yeah. uh, <laughs> um so, yeah, I think there's a degree of that with this. I think when you put a reflected image in there, you're hmm. going to see images. Also, there is this this human predilection where we see faces in things. Yeah. Um, there, there's actually a Facebook page that I follow um, called fa- uh, Faces in Things or Random hmm. Faces in Things or something like that, where it'll show a picture of a telephone, but from the right angle it looks like it's got a face yeah or the windows Uh, in a house or a tree or yeah yeah you see the face exactly that exactly that so i think those two things together i think people i think it's an element of people wanting to see hmm um see some hidden messages i mean the uh, people searching for hidden messages in the mona lisa there's nothing new about that at all uh, and people have been doing it for a very very long time um whether or not there is i no i i'm think it's very very unlikely i think he was just an absolute perfectionist uh, it was a perfectionist, a genius. I mean, you, you, you can speculate, well, was he visited by extraterrestrials who gave him this extra insight? Was, was he an extraterrestrial with a with a completely different way of looking at the universe? I mean, we, it has it, been you know, speculated. It's been speculated about lots of people, isn't it, who have, who have broken ground in new areas. It's been yep. speculated about the Beatles, for instance. You know, really? I'd not heard did, that one. Where did Einstein. they come from? You know, did they come from out of space or something to bring this music <laughs> with them? They just somehow knew how to, how to lead the way for a while. Um, um, no, I've heard it said of Einstein. Hmm. Yeah, that he 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 might have been a a, a hybrid, uh, an alien hybrid. But yes, I I honestly I don't think there's anything in this. I think this is people wanting to see it combined with, like I said, there's there's a name for it, isn't there? That where we see faces in hmm. inanimate objects. Yeah, there's a particular name for it which I've forgotten. Um, but yeah, that's that's what I think it is. Um, that's my speculation as to what it is. What do you think, Neil? Have I got it wrong? Is there really an alien there? No, I think it's it's something like that. I mean, I'd have to I'd have to investigate further. Is this something particular to Da Vinci's paintings? And is it caused by the shape of something that he painted, an item of clothing or piece of furniture or something, which when you mirror image it, it just creates this image of a of what we recognise to be an alien grey or similar. Mm. Mm. Um but well, yeah, I think it's I think it's more likely accident oh, it's hard to say. Very hard to say. Well the other paintings that we mentioned, the um uh, the Last Supper and uh the Virgin of the Rocks, uh it's actually the faces of the protagonists in those paintings. 
um, and the way that the mirror sort of bisects them combined with the fact that their head is on an angle mm. means you get this this alien grey effect with their head. Okay, so it widens at the top because it's further away from the mirror. If you... And narrows at the bottom, exactly. Yeah. Exactly. So, uh, yeah. So the mirror's not going straight down the middle of their face. It's their, their face is leaning off to one side. And... Exactly. Uh, uh, it's going straight down the middle of the paper, but yes, yeah. not 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 the actual face itself. Mm. So I think if you were to do that with anybody's picture, you'll get that effect. Um, Um, There there is an interesting video where this is demonstrated. You can see, um, you can see the, 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 the images of extraterrestrials being revealed in the Mona Lisa on the history channel. And that, that segment is about a four or five minute segment that's available to watch on YouTube. And you can see for yourself where those images come from. Right, right. Oh, interesting. Um, mm. Want to look for? Well, there we go. And uh, what do you think, though, listeners? Uh, have we got it wrong? Are the aliens really hidden in plain sight or hidden in layers of clothing uh, in the Mona Lisa and other paintings? Or do you agree with us? Do you think it's all a bit of uh, fun speculation, but? Uh, not really to be taken too seriously. You can let us know via the usual means. You can email us aliensexplored at gmail.com. You can find us on Facebook and Twitter by searching Aliens Explored, or you can visit our Discord channel if you are one of our Patreon members. Oh, and we're on YouTube as well, don't forget. We so sure uh, I'm going to wish you good luck with uh, with your... No, I'm not going to wish you good luck. I'm going to wish you to break a leg. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> with your musical. And uh, do you know what? We'll put a link in the description below uh, as to so people can buy tickets for it. And uh, listeners, if you are going to see it, let us know. And let us know what you think about it afterwards. Amazing. Uh, maybe, maybe email Thanks. me. Yeah, you can tell me about it. You know, in 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 Germany, they don't say break a leg; they say break your neck. Break your neck. Well, that's what that's what they said to me anyway. So, all right, okay, yeah, (laughs) fantastic. So, join us next time when we'll be discussing a uh, relatively recent investigation by the British government into UFOs. I mean, 20 years ago, 20-odd years ago, that's fairly recent in my book. Um, Yeah, this is, of course, Project Condine. Not to be confused with the Condon Committee. No, which is not to be confused with condoms. Yes. (laughs) Yes. <laughs> yeah, you could you could come a real cropper there, couldn't you? Oh, you could indeed. Yes, no, this is Project Condor. We're talking about, so you don't want to miss that one. In the meantime, keep looking at pieces of artwork because hey, everyone should look at artwork. It's pretty and interesting. And of course, keep watching the skies. Take care for now. Catch you next time. Bye bye. Aliens Explored is a Fecal Films production in association with Juicy Falls. Music by Darren Mafucci and editing by Stu Jackson. Find us on Twitter or Facebook by searching Aliens Explored. 
or visit us on aliensexplored.com. 